When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, looking good today. Blue Crew. Buck Mason, baby. For me. Uh, down in the description below. What's up? You feel like hoodies are really in right now? You feel like uh, other people wearing them? So in. At golf once once they hit the golf course, you know everybody's doing it. But in all seriousness, like what do you think yeah. they're just more comfortable now oh, than ever? Why do I think they're in? I, I saw Coward was interviewing uh Heward, the dad of the of the young quarterback. And I mean he had a nice hoodie. It just Damn feels it, like a sharp guy too. Interesting yeah, guy. I mean, it just feels just a lot of people are wearing, you know, high, are there just higher end hoodies out now? Yeah. I mean, you're wearing them. I'm wearing one. We're, yeah. we're wearing different hoodies, but I would say they're both higher end hoodies. Yeah. I think it um I think the the thing the hoodie gives you is the uh the little hand pocket in the front is a nice little I think people like that. A because it's nice for the hands and B if you got a little belly, it can have a little bit of a belly. Yeah. Um yeah, I like it more than the crew neck, even though I like a crew neck too. Crew neck don't don't never really worked on me, I'll be honest. Yeah, they're not always as flat. They're, they're, you're right. There's, it doesn't make sense that it should not be flattering when a hoodie is a little more flattering, but there's something about it that's just Do you a remember off. when we were kids and if you like sent in, you got your Sports Illustrated magazine and you filled out this thing, they would send you like a sweatshirt, but the crew neck sweatshirt and just say Sports Illustrated? Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember like I was being so excited the and then I put it on. It just didn't. It just made my body look weird. It was a triple X as part of the problem, <laughs> I think, that they sent you. <laughs> people, people won't ever realize, you you young kids listening to this, Sports Illustrated, that was like... Uh, oh, my God. It was like CBS or something. I mean, they were a big freaking deal in the 90s. So when I was probably when I was a kid, I had this um like a piano bench. You know a piano bench? It's like a it's a bench, but it opened the the seat itself opens up. You put like the piano music in it. We didn't have oh, a yeah. piano, but we just had that kind of bench. And I used it as like a desk. Well I'm talking like, you know, uh eight seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And I kept all my sports illustrated in that in that desk. You would you open run it out up. Of room? All the SIs were in there. I mean, you know, I not my full collection, but I still have a box that has them in there. So I kept quite a few. I used to, this is embarrassing, but you know, we're, tr- we're, we're here to share. It's always about making yourself look good. I would pick that thing up. It was big. It's like, you know, you, you sit on it. it the length I, I, of the I know keyboard. we have, my mom has a piano at her house. I know what the bench looks like. I would pick that thing up. I would take it into the bathroom with me. I'd put it down in front of the toilet. I would open it up. I'd sit on the toilet. I'd open it up. I'd pull out an SI, I'd close the thing down. And I'd just go through SI. My mom has a photo of me asleep. Fell asleep, SI under me, head, arms on the bench, on the toilet. Taking a shit? Well, I mean, hanging out, more like it. 
I see. I don't think I started reading on the toilet probably till like junior high, you know. And then by then, I remember being in college. You'd be like, you go in there. This is pre iPhone. Yeah. Like you don't have anything to read. You'd grab like the shampoo just to read the <laughs> shampoo. You just need something to read. <laughs> you know, it's now it's like you. Everyone has their phone or their iPad or whatever. Yeah. But if you went in there empty-handed and you said that, and you realized I had no material. I know. <laughs> That's why you leave something like, uh, you know, 500 great alpha quotes. Alpha quotes, yeah. Alpha no, quotes. So, so worst I, case scenario, you can you can just rattle off alpha quotes. Those are those are much more f- efficient BMs without your phone. You're just like, well, well I, I got no reason I, to hang in here. I, I do know this without a doubt. If they'll probably be, you know, remodel a house one day, but if you build a house from scratch, televisions in definitely the shower. When I say TV, it could just be like iPad size, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. boom. You know, sometimes like if your workout schedule goes around or you're sweaty or you just need to take a shower around something you want to watch, you never would actually have to miss something. So like sometimes I'll save it till halftime or whatever. Boom, you can just go in like the first quarter of a game and it's still true. on in there and you get out, you don't miss a thing. True, true. I will say having to get back to the TV is when I take the most efficient. I'm not wasting any water if there's a game I'm getting back to, right? That's like a three and a half minute shower. What, but what if I told you, like, you, the, uh, you know, iPad Pro level size right there? Yeah. It's just going. You might take 20 minutes shower. You're like, right. yeah, this is great. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, hey, coming up on Sunday's show, uh, we will have our latest conversation with Greg Papa. And uh, I must say, John, I'm pretty sure it's the best conversation with Greg Papa we've ever had. Do we argue about whether or not the Niners should extend Jimmy Garoppolo or cut Jimmy Garoppolo or everything in between that? Yes, we do. I would say we had a very good conversation with Greg about that, among other things. I mean, how many great things? A, a, a Laker story that I can only pray is in the Laker movie, but it's unbelievable. What else do we talk about with Pop? All kinds of stuff. Yeah, also uh, just life. A lot, a lot of Jimmy. <laughs> a lot of Jimmy, a lot of Trey, but uh, he actually had a great – he actually has a team. Maybe I'll put the clip out of this on Friday or something. Ahead of time, Papa suggested a team that the Niners could trade Jimmy Garoppolo to that you and I were not thinking of, that no one's thinking of right now, and he actually made quite a bit of sense. So we go through that with him. Maybe Al Davis taught him just think way outside the box, and then you're actually be the smartest guy in the room. Just yeah. allow your mind to always be open. Yeah, <laughs> never think that anything is impossible. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to some mailbag questions at the end of this pod, but we'll need some fresh ones for next week. So go to iTunes if you're listening um, on or if you're well, if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Music, you're already there. If you're watching it on YouTube, the link to our podcast is down in the description. And we'd appreciate it if you like this video, too, and subscribe to our channel. Um, but leave us a, a, a review. We'll get to some today. We have a three star review that we'll read today. Uh, at the end of the show in our uh, mailbag. We always love a five-star, but just because you give us three don't, doesn't mean we we take everything into consideration. I think we can rectify the situation. And uh, in that review, just leave us a question. Leave us a question. Maybe tell us your favorite bar if you want, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, not all that kind of stuff. Those specific things. That's how you get in the uh, Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. We'll fire that bad boy up at the, uh, the end of the show today. Do it. Uh, can we rapid fire a few things? We actually had some success with Greg uh, hitting some hypotheticals early, but uh, okay, you're Eric, you're, you have tickets to Eric Church's contra, uh, concert on Saturday, and Eric Church decides to cancel the concert so he can go to Duke, North Carolina, because he's a big Carolina fan. Uh, are you pissed at him if 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 you're in the boat 
Some people like taking days off work, had hotel rooms, five hour drives. Eric Church says, I'm out, John. Do you understand or would you be pissed? Yeah, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it because I, I do know some people that, you know, will travel places to see people. I see people when they come to me. Right. <laughs> like, so it's never, I know, like, they canceled the, uh, you know, if you're a Packer fan and it was like an open practice and you're like, I came out for, eight, you know, August 36th. Yeah, I just, I, I can't keep track of like that mindset because I can't relate to it. So, no, I, I completely understand. The guy's from Carolina. He's clearly a diehard North Carolina fan. They're playing Coach K. I think that has to add to it. I think uh, it's I, I think it's the whole thing, right? If they're playing Houston, is he doing it? Maybe, but this I'd get a little more. It's in New Orleans, so it's like a pretty good time. I mean, I are people really mad at him, you feel? Uh, I don't I don't know if people if like people, quote unquote, the internet is or not. I just saw a screenshot of a bunch of um, like Facebook comments from the story of people who were going, they're like one person. I took days off work, you know, a month in advance to make this trip, five hour trip with my husband, blah, 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 that type of thing. So yeah, I'm sure people are upset. I don't actually, I have no problem with people being upset, but I do kind of get it. <laughs> I like it from his perspective. I do understand doing it. And I, I, I do understand if you are that person that was flying in or traveling, you know, it sucks. Should be pissed at yourself for actually wanting to go see Eric Church, says the comment. I have a playlist on Pandora that's only Eric Church live. There's some of the same song multiple times on it because it'll be like Eric Church live in Carolina, Eric Church live in Austin. And it's just a different version of the song. But, I, you know, I, I'm a big country music guy, so I, I don't relate to people that don't like country music, though. I understand because I like all music. Like to me, if you're good at music, I can fuck with you. I can listen to your stuff, whether it's R&B, rap, rock, country, whatever. But clearly some of the city elites don't like country music. I would say this about Eric Church. Just because when you grow up in the city, the you know, city the, elites. well, I just think like you go to San Francisco, downtown San Francisco or downtown New York, for the most part, country music is not going to be a top genre where when, yeah. you know, grow up like Davis, Sacramento, it's much country music's much bigger in that area. I would just say per capita. Yeah. But my point about Eric Church is he's kind of a unique country guy. Like he has a lot of stuff that's much closer to kind of rock. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, he's just a musician, you know, and, and, and here's the other thing about Eric Church. Eric Church smokes a lot of weed. Like Eric Church gets high a lot. To me, Eric Church is like, uh, I don't even know the right comp, like would be like a grunge music sublime or something. Like he's kind of his unique, when you say he's a unique country music guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would say that. I, would I wouldn't that. consider him, like, I guess my point is like Alan Jackson or George Strait. No, 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 yeah. it's not that, which is usually when people say I don't like country, that's what they're talking about. Like, well, yeah, wait, I'm out on the Chattahoochee. <laughs> yeah. See, I like that stuff, but I, I, I love that song, like, but I get the difference. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say this, like, I, this is why I think Kenny Chesney is so popular. Kenny Chesney is a country music artist, but he's got like a huge reggae side to him. You know, like you can just chill to Kenny Chesney. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, music. The, when I say reggae side, I mean like the reggae version of country. Right. What was the guy? Yeah. Who was the guy? Um, for I had a couple of his albums along, like Ben Johnson or uh, Ben Harper. Ben Harper. No, there was another guy like Ben Harper a little before Ben Harper. Jack or, Johnson. Jack Johnson. Bubbly Toes or something. I, man, yeah. I used to listen to a lot of that guy. <laughs> you see, but you listen back, like again, it's like uh, everyone I knew. The now, guy I, could, yeah, to it. I couldn't. You know, the guy's a surfer. He's like buddies with Kelly Slater. I, I get it. There's but. actually a great Zach on the stream says he's from Charlotte. I have no issue with him canceling. There is, he has a great, a lot of the live songs from Charlotte. 
on this this playlist I have, and he talks in you know it's live, so he's talking like, man, I love I always love coming back home, that type of thing. So he's from, yeah, he's from Carolina. Yeah. Uh, all right, that, that's pretty. All right, real. How about this one? I saw this today. I'm not. You know, you and I have talked plenty. We don't need to spend much time. Every podcast that you've listened to has a Will Smith, Chris Rock take. The one take I did appreciate today. I don't know if you saw this. Jim Carrey said that if he were Chris Rock, he'd sue Will Smith for $200 million. Because he's like, that clip is going to be everywhere forever. I'd sue his ass. I was like, you know what? I would. I like that take. I like that take. None of this like, no, I'm not going to. He's Will Smith. I'm going to let bad guys be bad guys. No, fuck that. I'm going to sue him for $200 million. Interesting take. I, I, I do think the comedians are very, very offended that like of all the people that should understand what's going down are like the rich, famous people that have been involved in this stuff for a long time. Like you can't hit us because at Jim Carrey's core, right? He's a crazy he's comedian. Just, like, yeah, the comedian. He, he would probably say things in his heyday that would really piss people off. Like, and that's why they all politically, whatever, they all align. Right, what, yeah. but they all have different views about life. But all comedians, whether you're Norm Macdonald, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, you see Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler won't stop tweeting his like support of Chris. I, they are very, very offended for the community. Like yes. this bullshit. You know everything is off limits for your feelings. We're, we're letting it fly. Like what are we doing? I think part of it too is he did get hit really hard. It's like yeah. this is. It'd be one thing like a shove. I don't think it would be that big a deal. I, you know. $200 million. I, I saw it went viral. He did a, a stand-up last night on, it would have been Thursday night. Yeah. And he, he was just kind of making Wednesday fun of himself. Wednesday night? Yeah, he's like, uh, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> Again, he doesn't, okay, I don't think Chris Rock cares that much. Uh, last one, John, for you. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, well, I know you saw that Antonio Brown said that he doesn't understand why other receivers are getting paid, but he's not. And what was his other thing? He's He needs ankle Misunderstood. surgery. Misunderstood. He needs ankle surgery, but he won't get it until uh, until a team signs him. Yeah, what was the clip you sent me? He doesn't understand. He doesn't why he's understand not viewed like a normal player. Yeah, why other guys are getting paid, but he doesn't understand what the difference between him and Christian Kirk is. Basically, yeah. he didn't say Christian Kirk. And then I saw this clip. Somebody asked Russell Westbrook last night, like, what if anything needs to change with their defense, and he said nothing. So my thought is, who who do who is more delusional, Russ? thinking nothing needs to change with his team. My barber was talking to me about this the other day. He's like, how does Russ not understand? Like how they're like, he's not the old Russ, you know, like this is insane. Or AB doesn't understand why there's no difference between him and today's, I, you know, I, I think it has to be Antonio Brown given listen, Russ has kind of been Russ now for a decade. Antonio Brown's last image for every single human being is him doing like basically cartwheels in the end zone in New York, waving goodbye to the crowd. That's that's just an all-time gif. It's an all-time visual. It's an all-time clip. You talk about Jim Carrey saying that the Will Smith thing's never going away. That I think that is synonymous with the NFL forever, right? Like there <laughs> there are certain videos that are just funny, right? Yeah. I would say in baseball, it's the one that hits Jose on the head, you know, and bounces over. Yep. That occasionally he just comes up in a blooper. Mm-hmm. That's something that our generation really you know, embraced were blooper reels. They don't really exist anymore. That was well, now there's part of our so childhood. many clips. It used to be like, here's the whole season. Here's 12 videos from the whole season. Now you get 12 videos in eight minutes, right? Yeah. So I, I would say that the, the Jose Canseco off the head 
there's just this Antonio Brown visual of him doing these jumping jacks horizontally as he kind of goes down the row of the end zone. Is We'll never see anything quite like that guy. No, no. Because, again, like part of when when what's-his-name uh, Singletary kicked Vernon to the locker room, mm-hmm. there was like negativity and anger surrounding that. Part of it is Antonio smiling as he got kicked. You know, it's, it's like fun, but it's really not fun. <laughs> as his team is in the Super Bowl race, it's not like they were just some, you know, piece of crap. Like the Niners were bad-ish. Didn't right? Tom throw a game-winning touchdown in that game, if I remember correctly, against the Jets? They didn't lose. No, they didn't lose. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, Let's dive into things, John. First up. As reported by NFL reporter Richard Sherman, the rich get richer, lose Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame, Von Miller, and gain future Hall of Fame, B-Wags. The Ravens made a last-minute push, but the reigning champs were too good to pass up. Rap Sheet says that the Rams are giving Bobby Wagner a five-year, $50 million contract that could be worth up to $65 million. After weeks of talking, Wagner lands back in the division as he wanted, which is an interesting little note there at the end. And again, fifty million. We have not, as we record this on Thursday afternoon, seen the real money. So we'll wait on that. But what, 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 let's take guesses on the guaranteed money. Twenty. I'm going to go twenty-one point five. So it's basically a two-year deal. So two years. To, yeah, I mean, and, and and basically the first couple years of cap hits will be like three million dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I think you're probably in the right range. I'm trying to think what I would what I would guess if you hadn't just said that number. Because don't I you put, think they I gave him a, essentially a multi-year deal more than? Yeah, just I think he definitely got two years. I think he definitely got two years. What, what was he? I mean, would he? My first guess probably would have been like nineteen and a half. But the Ravens allegedly were involved. But this has also taken a while, right? Like it's March thirty first. When free agency started two weeks ago. Well, then, so well, I mean, the Niners were sniffing around, but they weren't. You know, once you start getting a multi-year deals, they're not doing that with him. You know, one thing I'll give him and Sherm credit is they got rid of their agents. They do their own deals. That's why Sherm obviously it's his buddy, but I think he takes a lot of pride. And you see, if you follow Sherm on Twitter, it's like every other tweet's like, "Who's this idiot's agent?" You know, after after Florio tweets a contract, he's like, "Moron, who's representing this guy?" <laughs> I mean, does Sherman want to start an agency? Which he maybe, might, where he takes know? no percentage. <laughs> How does you that can't work? Run a business. <laughs> you can't run a business that way. Love like, guy, I'm going to but... start an agency for the guys without agents. <laughs> Damn. And we're going to charge two percent more than the agents, but yeah. we'll get you better deals. Right. Uh, well, Richard's initial contract with the Niners was seven total guaranteed, was three for 27, but seven million was total guaranteed. I'd say Bobby Wagner is viewed as a hot at this. Now, Richard had a good year for the Niners, but obviously coming, Bobby, coming off a torn Achilles. Remember Richard off a torn Achilles. So yeah, I think three times that, but I'll, I'll, I'll say you said what? 21. And I'll say like 20, nine, I was 19 and a half. That would have been my number 19 and a half for Bobby Wagner. That'd be my yeah. I was thinking, you know, late high teens, but I just rounded up. Maybe that because that you said extra push. You know, I'm, I get you an extra. Oh yeah, good, good call. <laughs> good call. Uh, he is from well, LA, right? Remember, played at Utah State. He's from yeah. Los Angeles. As as uh, Superfly eighty seven on the chat reminds us. Um, but you know, I I think it it is. We can talk about specifically Bobby. This is also representative. The Niners and the Rams are in an arms race, and they do things. Very differently, right? Very differently. Yeah. 
I think as a fan, and there's been some angst, it's fair to say, like, what are we doing? What, why aren't we taking some more swings? I think a huge part of that is based on the team that you view now as your rival. And even when Seattle was, quote-unquote, the Niners' rival, even though it was kind of a lopsided rivalry, they operated a lot like the Rams, wouldn't you say? Of just taking huge swings. Yeah. I mean, they traded for Percy Harvin. They traded for Jimmy Graham. They traded for Jamal Adams. Like, they are... You could call them reckless at times, but I think you could say the same thing about the Rams a little bit. Like, they can be, you know... Uh, it feels unfair to call them reckless, but you know, a reckless mis- mixed with aggressive based on educated guesses. They seem you know, like they I, put a lot on the credit card, right? And the Niners are just like, yeah, we'll just copy what Belichick did for 20 years. And people are like, God damn it, I can't wait. The difference though, and this is always my pushback, and we'll get into Jed talking about Montana and Young. It's like, I, you just, no one knows what you have at quarterback, so you need to stack your team as much as possible. This team is stacking themselves, and they did it last year with Von Miller, which I thought was like, damn, you're going to take a second and a third for Von Miller? It worked. That's one of the great win-win deals I've ever seen. He gave them basically a sack a game the last four games, including that Niner. Remember, he sacked Jimmy Garoppolo that led to the punt, and then Jimmy Garoppolo pulled the rabbit out of his ass, throwing it to Debo and Brandon Ayuk and getting him down the field somehow. But then Von Miller had a sack the next game, a sack the next game, a sack in the NFC Championship game, a sack in the Super Bowl. He was awesome. And then Vaughn got $50 million guaranteed. It's one of the great win-win deals I've ever seen for player. Denver benefited. Like, everyone feels great about it, right? The Broncos, yeah. the Rams, Denver Broncos, Vaughn Miller, hell, the Bills. Like, everyone's feeling riding high. This one, Seattle guys, and part of it is like Richard, Bobby was there much longer. I think Russell animosity. I don't. I don't know where Russell stands, but clearly Bobby and Richard feel like fuck you guys. You guys don't think we can play. I mean, Richard was open about it. You know, it's. I don't. I, I haven't watched Bobby talk that much. He always felt a little more low key that way. Like he didn't have a big chip on his shoulder. But again, I, I could be wrong because he's a Utah State guy that's became basically a Hall of Famer who really, they chose him over everyone over time, right? They kept him years past everyone else. And uh, I, I, you know, saying he wanted to be in the division. Well, why do you want to be in the division? Because like, well, I know all the schemes, or it's because I want to play them twice. And, I mean, he's going to a the Super Bowl champs. But and being, think, home, you know, being home might be a part of that too, but. I think if the Niners would have offered him a huge contract, he would have gone to one of those two teams, right? He wasn't yeah. sniffing around Arizona. Now Arizona doesn't necessarily need him. The Niners didn't either, right? Yeah, I mean, these are always the easiest deals to talk about because, um, or the the most com not the easiest deals to talk about. These are the most common deals that get people worked up. I'd say it's a very baseball type situation, right? Where baseball for so many years now, no one, no one, hardly anyone gets paid. But for so many years, you'd pay a guy way too much money when he was like 32. And that would be the big conversation a whole offseason, right? And then at the end of the day, that guy within three years was overpaid. The difference is in football, you can get out of contracts. But those are always the easiest free agents to talk about are the biggest name free agents. Bryce Harper, 13 years, $330 million. Yeah, well, exactly. But I would even say Bryce was Bryce is younger than Bobby was. Yeah. Or you Bryce was younger going than Bobby. viral right now. Bryce Harper is hitting moonshots. Well, Bryce is, yeah, Bryce has been good. I guess the other thing. <laughs> so, 
Pujols uh, probably a good example, right? He was like 32, and they gave him a 10-year deal, and it was a disaster. I mean, how is he on the Cardinals? I guess the DHs. That guy hasn't been able to run for. I mean, as long as I, I mean, a long time. Well, he looks like Alex Mack now. He's huge. Alex Mack, yeah, yeah, Alex Mack, like he's an O lineman. Well, Alex Mack is more athletic than Albert Pujols. Not even close. You would take him down first baseline over Albert Pujols? Oh, Oh, without. (laughs) A que- Alex Mack might get to second before Albert gets to first. Would you take Jalen Ramsey or Emmanuel Mosley backpedal around the bases over Albert Pools running forward? Yes. <laughs> I would. I would do. As long as Posey? they don't have to like hit the bag. Posey? Ramsey backpedal over Posey. No. Straight. I bet Posey's a little faster than you think. Looks slow on TV, though. Yeah. But, you know, th- this is the kind of deal where we could analyze whether how much better it makes them. But in terms of like the actual, I think it makes them better. That's part of this. Like Bobby Wagner doesn't suck. Now, Bobby Wagner's not at his peak. But the problem with adding a Bobby Wagner is not necessarily are you adding a good player or are you not? Like it's clear you're adding a good player. It's just those types of players can sometimes be cost prohibitive for teams. And the Rams just, again, we don't know what the number is. The Rams, things don't seem cost prohibitive for them. Now, the other part is, they're in L.A. They just won a championship. They got Aaron Donald. They got Matthew Stafford. Like, they're an attractive – it's an attractive place to go if you're a guy like Bobby Wagner. I mean, they've signed two pretty big-name free agents. Like, Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner are two pretty big-name guys, right? Yeah. I mean, anyone that's played fantasy football knows who Allen Robinson is. And if you just watch football, you know who Bobby Wagner is. I mean, those are – the Niners did buy a corner, but it's weird, even though he's coming from a big-time team – I wouldn't say he's a very famous player. So it's that move in a weird way doesn't feel as big, even though it was their big move. Like if his name had just been a bigger name, even if he was the same player or slightly worse, I think that would, or slightly worse. Yeah. If he just felt bigger, even though to them, they're trying to be like, this guy's a big addition. It doesn't feel that big for the fan. And I, and I do think you're just comparing yourself to the Rams. I think when you compare yourself to the Yankees, you just go, I want to operate like that. And you can push, it doesn't always work. We get that. But people like when your team is aggressive. And I think older Niner fans, in our youth, they were always taking big swings. Always. And it just feels like now they're they're very prudent. <laughs> they're just very like slow and steady wins the race, which is fine most of the time. Like the Packers, when you say, have operated like that the majority of our life. They've just, we got Favre, we got Rodgers, we'll you know, pick and choose here, and we're always going to be in the playoffs for the most part. And it's worked. If they had a team in their division operating like the Rams, I think Packer fans would get feisty fast. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Because the Rams are always going to be on the opposite end. As long as Sean is there, like, they'll never be a part of, like, doing trading Cooper Cup for two ones. Right? Well, we needed to reset our cap. They... I have never. I mean, guy, the guy wore a shirt that said "fuck them picks." Like, I, they're now taking pride in that. Yeah, yeah, and it's a direct. It's the direct opposite of what the Niners are doing now. Well, the Niners, because, now, oh, well, I should say the Niners did trade three ones for a quarterback last year, and they would have done the Stafford deal if they could have two ones and a swap. Right. I, I do think if you just, in fairness, to the side of the argument saying they're not doing enough. Like every team, if they feel good about a quarterback, will make the draft day trade. It's You would say it's kind of hit or miss with the player trades. And the Niners did 
get pretty royally spurned by their biggest trade they've made with D Ford. Like that's kind of blew up in their face just yeah. over the last over like the bigger picture. They traded for a guy, paid him a ton of money, and it failed. Because Trent Williams, like I would say the D Ford is a good example of there's a small list of teams that would have done that, right? It might might have been like under five for that player. Trent Williams for a third round pick. Does every team in the NFL make that trade? Like that was to me. That's like a Jimmy Garoppolo. You get called on the phone. You make the trade. Like I don't, I don't not give you credit because Kyle's relationship is the reason it went there. But he said I'm only. Remember Minnesota was like, we'll give you more. We'll pay him. And Trent's like, I'm not going to Minnesota. Yeah, they Inside literally job. offered him a better pick. He'd stay retired. Yes, he said I will just quit. So, uh, so it's basically Bill Walsh created in modern day economics, even though the salary cap wasn't there in the eighties, but it money was growing rapidly buy low, sell high. Then Belichick basically copied that in the salary cap era. And it feels like the Niners under Kyle and and, uh, and John and Parag, like that trio is kind of following that route. Yeah. Although I would say to me, we'd have to, it feels to me like they spend, they paid Trent, they're going to pay Debo. They're going to pay Nick. Air quotes, they paid but, Kittle, but, but, kind of. But Bill Bill Walsh and Bill Belichick would have paid all those guys, too, right? Uh, I mean, they yeah, flipped the force for a pick when they needed a little cap. Yeah, play. I mean, I but I don't know if it, it... To me, they feel even a little more financially aggressive than Bill Belichick. I agree. I'm just saying, like, they, they are the aggressive version of that. They're closer to that than the Rams, right? Yeah, but wouldn't you say most teams now are closer to that than the Rams? Most teams that try to do what the Rams do have been doing do it once or twice. It doesn't work. They fail. To me, what's amazing with the Rams is that they I, I think keep we've seen a lot it. of teams guy do with the Rams. I mean, Denver, the Raiders, Miami. A lot of teams are throwing picks at sweet players right now, right? Well, D- Denver did it for Russ. Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is the the Rams have done it year after year. After, the Rams keep chasing it by doing it more, and it's working. They've been to two Super Bowls. They won one, and they they double down on it. Because you do have to – there comes a time – I think you have to have the stomach for it because you do it a couple of times. It doesn't work. There comes a time where you either have to pivot and go, all right, we we tried it this way. We're giving up all these picks. We have to go back the other way, and we pivot the, Chief, the other way. The Chiefs fall into that category a little bit. They did it with yeah. Frank Clark. They did it with some guys. Then they trade Tyreek to get some picks back. To, to me, it's like teams try it. They get down the road. It maybe doesn't work. It blows up in their face. They go the other way. They give it up. The Rams have just the Rams keep getting credit on credit on credit. It feels like, and it's working for them. I'm giving them. I'm giving them credit for it because they've they're one and one in Super Bowls. They won a championship. So it's working for him. And I think from the outside, everyone kind of watches this and go, at some point, does it not work? Or is the cap just going up forever? And you now again, it's not even about what Bobby's making so much as but, it but, is. But even those two seasons when they won one and lost one, they go to the playoffs every year. Right? Yeah, there's no, it's working. It is working. Would you agree with me though that it feels like if a, if a team does it, they can't do it for five or six or seven years? And it feels like that's what the Rams are doing. That's where I feel like they're different than most other teams that do it or have tried it. Eventually you just kind of go, Oh, I mean, we're out, we're out of picks. It's not working. We got to change. And that's where winning the championship too, specifically winning the Super Bowl, as opposed to just having a shot at it kind of buys you more equity to just keep doing it. But wouldn't you say a lot of their moves while very aggressive 
all I've got. Yeah, it's going to work. Like yeah. Bobby Wagner's not going to suck. Well, right. again, that's where these two things are different, right? Bobby's not necessarily, we'll see what the money is. Bobby's not necessarily about the money. Maybe it is. I don't know. Because if it's really 50, they would have just signed Vaughn. Or would they have? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not 50 yet. Right, right, right. But you, you understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they lost Vaughn. They added Bobby. Bobby makes them better. Losing Vaughn hurts. But there's but it's two, like they're two, two high-priced options. Allen Robinson in that offense and Bobby Wagner behind those defensive linemen. I think we, everyone watching this, listening to this, all agree. Like, it'd be shocking if those guys were like, not any good anymore. Nothing like, left in the tank, yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. John, let's tell the people about ButcherBox.com slash Hammer. Right now, you get... Free beef, two pounds of free ground beef in every box for the life of your membership right now when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham. How was Taco Tuesday the other night? Oh, fantastic. I uh, I realized I didn't have any tortillas. Uh, I had some, but they were like weeks old. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. this is where, you know, having a wife or, you know, a, a living girlfriend, you know, sometimes the details, I didn't. Ziploc the bag. I, mm. I kind of half-assed it, and it was mm-hmm. open, and they were like rock hard. They were like a chip. It's like you can't eat these. So I just had. I poured. I did beans with my beef, and I basically had like bean beef bowl. I mean, it was fantastic. And you can't beat it because you go to butcherbox.com/ham. Every box, whether it's free-range chicken, whether it's steaks, they got it all. Ribs, eight to fourteen pounds in this box. That then you get a knock on your door, delivered. It's in this big box. With a bunch of these like uh, these frozen things that keep everything frozen inside the box, uh, is ice cold when you open it up. You put it in the freezer. Feeds up one box guy. Feeds up to twenty four people. So if it's just you, your wife, and maybe you got a kid, and the kid's eating baby food, that food will feed you, your wife, you, your buddy, whoever for for a week, right? I mean that meat lasts a long time, and like you mentioned. ButcherBox.com slash ham gets you free ground brief for the life of your subscription. Yep. Never have to shop for ground beef again. ButcherBox.com slash ham, two pounds of free ground beef in every order for the life of your membership. Go to ButcherBox.com slash ham to claim this deal. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats. And then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season long, more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, uh, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught 
seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. All right, speaking of Bill Walsh. So this is the quote that got a lot of attention from Jed York the other day uh, at um, league meetings. If Steve Young can sit on the bench for four seasons, like Steve Young's a Hall of Famer, if he's willing to do it and has the competitive drive to do it, why can't somebody else when asked about um, his quarterback situation? Now, you said you heard Barrows talk about the context of, of that quote. Was there something that Barrows thought need, people needed to know? Yeah, I think he brought up previous situations, right? I think Rodgers. I, I don't know. I was kind of zoning in and out. I just – he defended – Jed didn't just pull this out from nowhere. I think he kind of led him that way in the question. Though, when you watch Jed's audio, he felt very confident about talking about Steve Young. That's yeah. all to me that matter. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is all you got to do is read slash listen to Steve Young's book Steve Young was a starter at Brigham Young University for several years. And it was before we were alive, but once you listen to that book and then you realize, like, know some people on that team and the pride they take in that team, Kyle Whittingham, Andy Reid, those guys love, I mean, Kyle obviously now at Utah, so it's a little weird, but Andy's love of BYU. You know why? Because in the early 80s, you know what BYU was? It was fucking Alabama guy. They, they were competing to win national championships and producing Heisman trophies. That was their starting quarterback for several years. Then he was the number one pick in the USFL, which these weird leagues sound weird to us, but at the time they were getting all these sweet players. He started in that league. Then he goes to Tampa Bay and starts for several years there. So Steve Young, while once the, the 49ers traded for him, he had played a lot of football, right, as a younger player, like started and played in college at the highest of levels. Like, how many programs in 1982 were probably better than BYU? Notre Dame? Notre Dame would be one, yeah. Wouldn't you say it's a pretty short list? (laughs) Like, they could play with anybody. By the time he got to the Niners, he was 26 years old, I think. 26, something like that. 27, maybe, almost. So he was in his prime which is part of, I think, what made that situation so difficult. And like John said, we didn't cover it. We didn't live it, but we both read his book and uh, have watched all his, uh, you know, the the football life, all that kind of stuff. And the book goes deep into it. But it was a very, it was a really tenuous, other people could talk more firsthand about this than us, but it's pretty obvious when you read or watch anything about it. It was a pretty tenuous situation. And part of it was that Steve had, Steve's clock was ticking. Right, Steve was ready to win. He forced the trade from. Well, he didn't force the trade from Tampa because they they were going to draft. They drafted Vinny Testaverde, but he prevented them from trading him to a bad team. They wanted to trade him to the St. Louis Cardinals, and he said, "No, I'm not going there." And um, and so Bill obviously gets him, and Bill thinks Joe was going to expire soon, and Joe just the goat that he is refuses to die. But that situation was not a this. Here's the other. To me, the biggest part about this situation, though, Trey Lance, no. Trey Lance isn't sitting for four years. Like Jed York is just picking up the talking point from John Lynch and the talking point from Kyle Shanahan and kind of selling the same thing. 
Now, is he preparing for the possibility that nobody trades? Are they really willing to pay $27 million for Jimmy Garoppolo to be on their team and maybe still be their starter and stunt Trey's growth? Maybe. I think all he's saying is let's not talk about it like it's such a stupid uh, a stupid option. You and I don't like that option, but we'll dive into that more with Greg Pop on the next podcast, which you can hear coming out on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, this is this is not going to happen. And uh, I guess we, you know, for th- also Jimmy Garoppolo is not Joe Montana. Like that's the other part. It was Joe Montana that kept that kept Steve Young on the bench. Joe Montana. won multiple Super Bowls by the time Jimmy Gr- or Steve Young had showed up. The other difference, guy, is. Like you said, he sat for four years, which is impossible now. The variables are completely... There was no salary cap, one. Two, the, Trey Lance's greatest attribute is his contract before we learn he can play. And even if he becomes a great player, they're basically synonymous. You have a great young quarterback who's on a cheap contract. Like That's part of, that's part of the Justin Herbert package. The other thing, guy, is... And we'll, like you said, we'll talk about with Pop. If you told me right now, Jimmy Garoppolo in a vacuum could be Trey Lance's backup. It couldn't get there's it's humanly impossible for them to find a better backup, right? Knows the offense, has won games, but it's not that simple. Right. It's just clearly there are That's a great and, point. And in the last point. you would love for Jimmy Garoppolo to be Trey Lance's backup. If that's all you take a pay cut at $10 million and was cool with it for sure. The other thing and I some people one guy on social media when I posted the clip because I just kind of did like, this is 1 million percent not the case, quoting Jed's deal. And it was like, you're just clickbaity. I'm like, well, one, that's not even my video. That's NBC's. Like, I don't get credit on that. Two, you scroll through my tweet, so this is not a clickbait situation. Kind of, I, I get triggered when you call it clickbait. When it's I agree. Clickbait. I love it. And last but not least, I didn't respond to this guy, but I thought about it, that my response once we talked about it would be, these young quarterbacks... Name me a young quarterback who had to compete for his job that was drafted high in the last half decade. All the good ones, right? They had to like or, really compete, you're saying? Because if you want to argue that like first year, whatever, unique circumstance, the second year, every single one of those guys from Herbert to Mahomes to Allen, even back to Mariota and Jameis and Carson Wentz and it's just their job. By the second year, because part of it, like as you get older and you become the starter, it's always your job, right? Like once you become Matt Ryan or Phillip Rivers or whatever, there's no, it's just your job. But early on, like the group last year, it just became Trevor Lawrence's job day one, Zach Wilson's job day one, Mac Jones's job day one, Fields by about early October. It's just, he's the Bears quarterback now, right? There's no like, what are they, when are you just going to make it? Trey Lance's job. Are you going to wait? And that, I think that's where the old school guys, and I, Greg falls into that category of like competition. And it's like, I, I get it. No, no one disputes that like being pushed can't make you better. But in 2022 with his contract, like eventually, and I keep going back to the poker analogy, like you just got to put your chips on him. And, and whether it succeeds or fails, no one knows. I don't know. You don't know. Kyle doesn't know. Trey Lance doesn't fucking know. But you got to see, and the only way to see is like more than likely, even if Jimmy, if what if Jimmy said, listen, I don't think he would say this, but I'll go from 26 or 7 or 25 because his cap hits different than how much he makes. So it's a little weird. I think his cap hits 25. He makes 27. But it's irrelevant. You know, the Niners are, do you see today that they did the cap, updated cap space? Niners are second to like last. They have like 1.5 million. They couldn't even sign. 
Well, they don't have a first-round pick, so they probably could sign all their draft picks. But they are near the bottom, and they don't have any space. Well, yeah, I mean, they have a guy that is not going to be their starting quarterback who makes a large chunk. Because if I took that away right away and gave you $25 million, they would shoot up the rankings. So it's it's a little jaded. But to me, if he would t- make $10 million, I still think that's pretty weird. Because what if Trey, like, kind of weird start at the beginning, two and two? Not just from the outside, because I don't think anyone would care. and be like, just keep going with him. But what about some of the players? Like, if you're George Kittle, like, put Jimmy in there. right? Yeah, $10 million's not backup money, even though you could have a backup making $10 million, Right? But, it's but not even starter if, money. Even if he take a, went to $5 million, if he's around... No matter what Trey well, does, if it's not per, if it's not good, people are like, well, just throw Jimmy in there then. Well, it just it'd, it'd be a crutch for Kyle. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You look back at what Miami's situation was like with Tua and Fitz. Uh, I mean, I guess it was better for the organization to play Fitz. Wasn't better for Tua. Now, part of that he might was be injured. Tua might that was his first enough. year. Yeah, they got rid of Fitz right by the second. They year, did, they just, but they, just, they it they, it. They pulled two at one point and put Fitz back in, right? Oh, you mean his – yeah. But I think Kyle would do it like that. Yeah, he might. That's what I'm saying. So I agree – my point is I'm agreeing with you, just having him around. It to, it's totally dependent on what is the coach's stomach for development because at some point you got to do it. Is it forced on you or do you choose it? You know, in the long run, it's it's like working out. Like, I don't like working out necessarily, but you do it because in the long run, you hope it pays off. So you Health do, you well. suffer, you suffer a little now and, uh, and later you, you get the benefits of it. And that's, you know, how much are you willing to suffer? And, and this is where I always go back to the RG three year with Kyle. Part of being a good coach is can you reduce the suffering? Can you get to a point where you enjoy the working out? Do you learn some breathing techniques or change your mental attitude or whatever? And can you make, can you win? Can you do enough? Can you make up for it in other ways with other players, with your run game, with your receivers? Can you do it enough that uh, you can win and develop at the same time? Like that's, that's the ideal. What's a the lot of that's team development. You don't, you don't fail. You just learn. Win or like, lose, I mean, we booze. Win or lose, we booze. <laughs> I, you know, win or lose, we booze or you don't fail. We learn. They, they both work on this case, but there is no way to improve as a quarterback without throwing some picks. Because what happens once you throw a pick? You learn, like, I can't do that against that coverage with that play. And there's the only way he figures that out is, like, by playing. So, you know, I saw a lot of people surmising that maybe Jed was just saying that to help also prop up. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. I just think it's Jed talking. I think it's partly that. I think in his mind he's like, I'm – we're all all three of us are aligned yeah but i also think we should be open to the possibility and the likelihood that they've had a conversation because if you're kyle shanahan and john lynch you've had to have at least a conversation with jed jed if it came down to it would you be willing to pay jimmy garoppolo 25 million dollars if me the football expert said i want to carry jimmy on this team and I think Jed's kind of saying, I'm prepared to do that if that's what the guys want to do. And, and to me, that I, I see a lot of people kind of giving them credit. I would give Jed zero credit because this is all monopoly money. 
unless you were like, we, we were going to use that money to do this and we knew it, then it's like, well, then you should do that. Right. But I think we all come to an agreement. They weren't going to use that money to sign other players. Yeah. Now, the one thing you never know if like a trade comes out of nowhere and you could trade a second round pick for a guy like Khalil Mack or something. But to me, like Jed paying him $25 million or pocketing that money means fucking nothing to me, you, or anybody. And really not much to Jed. These are all like as crazy as it sounds. Twenty five million would change probably every person listening to this' lives, including me and you. To Jed, these are all line items on his operation, right? It means well, it's not money out of it's money out of his pocket, but it's not necessarily money he notices is out of his pocket. Yes, and it's really not out of his. It's pocket. not even out of his pocket. Yeah, that's right. You know, so it's it's out like he'll get a media rights check and they just funnel it all back in. So I. You get no credit for doing that. The thing that we question is like the team building aspect. And it's just pretty a slippery slope risky. There's a reason that, for example, Cam Newton wasn't going to be their backup. They just stick at him, right? All in on Mac Jones. Once they went to Sam Bradford, all in on Carson Wentz. Once they, Tyrod Taylor, like their backups are just Chase Daniel, who's a clipboard holder. Like you just pivot hard, right? Chad Haney, what did Veach want? I just want a married guy around my young Patrick Mahomes. That's, I mean, it's it's pretty, like, there's a tried and true formula now in the modern-day NFL. In the Bill Parcells, Bill Walsh, Mike Ditka days, society, I mean, we smoked in planes in the mid-'80s, right? I mean, gay people couldn't get married. Like, I mean, fucking things are different. Like, this is it's a different world now. It, it just is. So, you to me, you can't, there's nothing that Steve Young and Joe Montana have in common with this situation besides they throw a football. Because the, the, I would say the business is completely different. There wasn't a salary cap. Well, John, and also, again, I think back to your original point on Steve, they they were both, both of them, much more established players. Right? Like, even if everything was exactly the same then, except for the individual people, it still wouldn't be a similar situation. Joe Montana yeah. was a, a champ, several an MVP and a champ. And Steve Young was an established NFL prospect who just, the Niners had control of if prospect is you, even calling is too little. He was better than that when he played. He was what's good. what's weird is that it went from Steve young, like at the end of the day, the Niners kind of got to buy low on Steve young, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder, let's just, and they wouldn't do this, but like what Trey Lance's value has gone down a little bit, right? You've already wasted a year of his contract. His film didn't blow anyone out. Now you could still trade him. I don't. You wouldn't get three ones back. Would you get two ones? I mean, there would be enough teams that like him. You would here's think. my question: Would the team drafting second trade you the second form, or would they draft Malik Willis? Like that's part of what you're up against now, right? Yeah. Like, would the Steelers give you their next two ones for Trey Lance? Probably, right? Maybe, assuming, they, but they assuming might. They, 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 assuming they liked him. Yeah. Uh, but, that, I, but that's I, my point. Like, until he starts playing his value starts diminishing. Like, it was like, Jordan Love, they got, you know, and then we see him play one time, it's like, could you even get a third for him? Like, things change fast. So fast. Yep. I do want to call attention to one other thing, one other thing that Jed said about last year, which I thought was a good, just, I was glad to hear him say this. Quote, we could have very easily not made the playoffs. We could have very easily not come back in the last game of the season. That's true. They could have, I, this is what I say when we talk about Tonight, here's what they did with here is what they did with Jimmy. Well, here's what almost happened with Jimmy too. So, but anyway. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, Bruce Arians retired suddenly, and there's a lot of theories about it. Is something fishy uh, going on? Is the NFC easier or harder or the same without Arians on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? These are all parts of that conversation, but I was pretty stunned by that news. Speaking of, by the way, the man who invented, not invented, but lives by that credo, win or lose, we booze. No risk it for the biscuit or something? Risk it for the biscuit, yeah. (laughs) To me, it's the timing of it. The last time someone uh, didn't, you know, stepped away, fired, whatever, was Jimmy Johnson at the owners' meetings. Like this, the time. Oh, I didn't know that happened at the owners' meetings. Yeah, so it's unheard of, right? It's it's it, there is precedent, but you could almost say in modern football, it's unprecedented. I mean, that's ninety three, ninety four. I mean, that's a long time ago now. I mean, that's almost thirty. 94 we're two years away from that being 30 years ago yeah and this is not i don't i mean we were closer to the season when um chuck pagano had to step away for cancer treatment right or was that during the season that might have been during either uh fall camp or maybe even like after week one because he only coached right like 11 or 12 of the games chuck did come back that's right yeah yep if i remember correctly but Bruce didn't coach 16 games that year. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So there have been a lot of theories. Did Tom force him out? Did uh, did he know he was going to retire the whole time and just stayed on to try and attract free agents? Did something health-wise happen? There was this, um, I heard one NFL reporter say that, the you know, we talked about Bruce wasn't in the photo the other day. Bruce left the owners' meetings under the weather, weather quote-unquote. Now, maybe that was just cover and he was feeling fine or he wasn't feeling well. Maybe it had nothing to do with it. Maybe he wanted to make sure he could hand off the team to the assistant that he wanted to hand it off to. But I, the reason I don't buy that one is I think Jason when they, Light. Wouldn't they have done that January 5th? Yeah, they could have done that. I, I think Jason Light, him and Bruce were. You told me you saw Jason Light crying at the press conference. Well, I, I was in the car listening. I'm, I don't think he was quite in tears, but you could tell like he this this guy changed the way he's viewed, right? I was listening to, I told you about this earlier, Thomas Dimitrov's podcast, that which just launched, where he drives around in, in a RV and interviews GMs. And um, Jason Light was his first guest. Like, they go back from the New England days. Jason Light had a good comment, too. He's like, you know, it's kind of crazy. Me and Tom Brady share Tom's first ring because he was a scout with the Patriots. And Tom's, he didn't say last ring, but then this, this next ring. Um, but... He actually said he thinks the biggest thing he did for the Bucks was not getting Tom, but it was getting talking Bruce out of retirement. So my point is, like, I think they're pretty aligned organizationally. Now, would they if remember their quarterback threw like thirty one picks and they still almost went five hundred the year before Tom showed up? Like they were like Bruce is a good football coach. I think it almost it's gone too far the other way because of Tom that Bruce just does nothing. And I think Bruce's team got a little wacky. And it's very different than what Tom's used to, but Bruce is a good football coach. Six, I, th- I think he's a he's a weathered sixty nine. Like you look at Pete, he looks young. Bruce is a he had a health scare before when he went to CBS. I just look at the Bucks no differently. Like I still them and the Rams are the two best teams in the NFC now that Devontae's gone. Until we know what Trey Lance is doing, you know it's just hard to feel as good. Though you look at the win loss, I saw the win loss numbers came out from one book. Raiders lowest in the AFC West by hmm. a wide margin. Like, you want to bet the over? Half. Uh, to me, the Rams and the Bucks should both be around 11, 11 and a half. And I, 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 still, view the, I still view the Bucks as probably a 13-win team, guy. Yeah, I, I think the, 
if what if they had if they had given the job to Byron Leftwich, you could say, well, we don't know how this is going to go. But Todd Bowles got the job, and he's still going to call defense. So a guy who's been a head football coach, a head football coach, a head coach before, uh, in the worst of circumstances. I mean, being the Jets coach probably prepares you for anything. If they had hired Byron, would that I'd look at it a little differently just because yeah. he's not been a head coach before. I'd a still- lot of pre- a lot of pressure on a big time team. Now, I think part of the reason you do this is you just let Byron and Tom kind of run it. Todd doesn't have to do anything with the offense, right? Yeah. And he kind of lets Tom police the locker room. I mean, they got a pretty good setup to take over. Todd Todd Bowles' bad record in the Jets going to look a lot better year one here. And who knows? Maybe Tom – Todd's – you know, Bruce is a very aggressive, outspoken guy. I was worked with Todd with the Eagles. He's much more low-key. You know, he's – He's not really a screamer and a yeller. I, I would compare him. I mean, different personalities, probably a little more negative than Andy. But, you know, like you just want Andy's not a screamer and a yeller. He's just like even I've heard Jeff Schwartz say, like after after losses on Monday, some teams you're like, oh, my God, it's going to be brutal. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, we'll get him next week. Go in, break your film with your position coach. See you guys at lunch. You know, it's, just, it's, it's a more upbeat environment because. Part of it is just not screaming at people all the time. And even that's one thing Bruce really hangs his hat on. Like, I'm dog cussing you. I'll dog cuss anybody. Dog cuss. <laughs> just, I'm not saying Todd won't get on people's asses because it's ultimately coaching football. I do think it's just going to be a little different environment there. Uh, Todd's viewed as like a, I mean, I would say non head coach. It was like Zimmer, obviously Bill. But I mean, clearly he's one of the best defensive minds in the league. How good has their defense been these last couple? Very years? good. They won the Super Bowl. One thing, Joel Glazer must be the the son of the dad. Yeah, but he sounds. I mean, he's probably fifty years old. Was like, you know, obviously, you know, I don't want to say Todd won us the Super Bowl, but I mean, what was the defining attribute of the Chiefs Buck Super Bowl? Is he kicked the shit out of Mahomes. That was was just a dominant force of defense. Question. I've not heard anybody talk about this, and I had not thought about it until just now, but maybe someone else's. Do you view this as Tom Brady's last year? No. I don't either. I think when a guy comes out of retirement, sometimes it's assumed like, okay, here's his farewell tour. Well, he did say 45, right? And he's almost 45, but he didn't say, I'm going to retire at 45. He just said, I want to play till I'm 45. But... Feels like the Tom Brady retirement. Do you remember when Tom Brady, like, I, you know, the joke on the internet? I'm old enough to remember when Tom Brady was retired. What do you say? I don't like a two year extension after this year. Well, I don't know. I just I don't assume that Tom is one and done. I don't, I don't either. At least Tampa's interesting still. That, Matt Rule is the longest coach tenured coach in the NFC South. Yeah, I mean. Atlanta, one year, DA, and this guy, brand yeah. new. <laughs> <laughs> NFC South is just, I mean, what a platter for Tom. How could Tom Brady walk away from that division, you know? Are you it's kidding to go key. play the NFC West? And everyone's always talking about the SC. You kind of get to fl- SEC, you get to fly under the radar a little bit in a weird way. God, I bet he thinks, like, God, this is way more chill than up there in the Northeast. I wonder, do you think Leftwich maybe knew, and that's why he didn't, I don't. I don't know the Jag. That's why he could be so kind of forceful with the Jags. Like, hey, I'm only doing it my way. If I can come there, I wonder if he had some idea. You know, he's rich because he played. I, I think when you have a little money, you're less likely to just do something you don't want to do. Because I think it's pretty real. He said, like, I'd be interested in your job, but I'm not working for Trent Baalke. Yeah, 
well, if, if you're not dead set on like, this has been my one shot, like every coach that was making 20 grand eight years ago, like, I was like, I'm actually making less now than I was 10 years ago, right? I'm rich. <laughs> like D'Amico. I, I do think that, I think if you played in the NFL and then you get close, you can have pretty unique perspective because you go, you know, I've been in a place that was bad and good as a player. And it's like, I got to be careful as a coach. Yeah. And you just have the money. That's the other thing. You just, even if you just got 5 million in the bank, like some coaches, like first time you make 500 grand, they're like, this is the, I'm so rich. D'Amico got like, D'Amico signed like a $25 million signing bonus when he signed his contract extension with the Houston Texans in like 2008. We thought we'd do some mailbag. What do you think? I want to see this. I want to see this three star. The three star. Okay. Well, we'll. Uh, I don't have the three. I'll get I'll to see. the three star second. Yeah. Uh, Justin says uh, five star mailbag question. The thought of Khalil Mack and Powder Blue makes me puke. But who do you guys think is a better player right now, Khalil Mack or Chandler Jones? Hmm. Well, I mean Chandler Jones from an age perspective, just thirty two. Khalil Mack. Oh, I thought they had the same birthday for a second. Khalil Mack was born on February 22nd, and Chandler Jones was born on February 27th. So year Chandler's older. almost exactly a year older. Uh, I think it's a it's a difficult one to truly answer because Khalil Mack was it looked like going to have a 15 sack season. He had six sacks in seven games and looked awesome, but then he got injured. Now Chandler had double digit sacks, but he had the five in one game. That's a little weird. And he's now, kind of had the reverse of Khalil who played a full season two years ago and seven games last year. Chandler played a full game this year, but five games the year before that. Yeah, so both have had pretty major injuries that knocked them out of a season. Uh, I, I I think either one, I mean, both of them on any given game can dominate. I, I would lean Khalil Mack, but I'm not like anti-Chandler Jones. I mean, in, in my experience watching him, definitely in all the Niner games over the last three or four years, he's typically the best player on the field. It felt like a lot of the time, doesn't it? Like yeah. doing unblockable some games. Um, again, I'm I'm a little biased just because I've always loved Khalil Mack, but I, I I also think that the the incentive of both teams with both guys is pretty unique. I mean, Brandon Staley I think views Khalil Mack as the guy that kind of put him on the map as an assistant coach working with him in Chicago. And then I think Ziegler and Josh view Chandler Jones. I saw a clip. I don't know if Josh was set at the combine, but just like how excited he was knowing the guy, him and Ziegler were around him as a younger player in New England. So both teams are, I would say, all in, right? The Chargers traded for a guy making a lot of money. The Raiders signed this guy making a lot of money. They're going to want both these two guys to like be Pro Bowl level. Obviously, anytime you trade or sign a guy, but I'm just saying like, these guys have Pro Bowl level caliber talent. The the head coach on both teams knows the player and in, in Chargers, the guy actually coaches defense too. Josh and Ziegler, it wouldn't shock me if both of them were to go to the Pro Bowl. I, I would if you told me you could have one of them this year, I would lean Chandler just because of the foot injury with Khalil. That would scare me a little bit. Um that's under, underrated stat though. Thirty three forced fumbles for Chandler Jones in his career. 23 forced fumbles for Khalil Mack. I mean, the, both those numbers are just like we're talking about multiple five year. Chandler Jones had a year. Chandler Jones had forced eight fumbles in, in 2019. Who's got more career sacks? 
Obviously, Chandler's been in the league a little bit. 107 and a half for Chandler and 76 and a half for Khalil. Damn. In eight years for Khalil, in 10 years, Chandler's played two more seasons. So, what is that? How many more sacks? 20. Yeah, I mean, 31 more sacks in two years. Whoosh. Now, remember, Khalil got four his rookie year. Everyone was like, can he? He didn't know any moves. No, he could. He could, he was good at uh, run stuffing. Yeah, he just ran right through people. Uh, next up, it's from Julian. With all the action going on in the AFC and Watson now back to the Browns, we're going to need that seven seed back from the NFC. LFG Raiders getting Devontae Adams. Derek isn't going anywhere. Uh, headline: AFC is the better conference. Uh, no debate. I mean, right now the AFC is much deeper. Who's debating? NFC just won the Super Bowl, but nobody. No, it's not a debate. I'm just saying. I agree with that. Derek isn't going anywhere. Uh, I also agree with that. I still ex- I expect Derek to take a team-friendly contract at some point, whatever that means. On the stream, do you think Carr would take $35 million a year? I th- I think we'll be in that range, yeah. I don't think it's going to be 40 I agree. I think Raiders are really, like, piggybacking. Now, they were a playoff team last year, but, like, like they're part of the AFC hierarchy. Like, we're way better with the group. It's like, you know, let's... <laughs> two, play, two playoff bursts in you know 20 years let's just let's see but on paper i'll say this over and over there is going to be there's going to be a team i don't think it's the chiefs they're over under it was like 10 and a half that vegas still thinks they're going to be good between the broncos the chargers and the raiders that is just going to go nine and eight and miss the playoffs and it's going to feel like ultimately it might it could just be like two crazy losses like what a guy fumbled on the last second and a missed field go off the pylon just where you like, we easily could have been eleven and six, but you're nine and eight, and it's gonna feel like the most dev. Like it's, it's how, how's it possible that they all four teams win ten games? It's not. not just do the it's math. Not. Yeah. Uh, now, next I don't, up. And I'm not saying I think it's gonna be the Raiders necessarily, but it's gonna be one of those three teams. What is it says? Wood gravy reviews. What does that mean? I don't know. Ham pod review. Five stars. My question is, what Taylor Swift song would you use to describe Derek Carr and Devontae Adams? Uh, My answer is love story. The first line of the song is, we were both young when I first saw you. I'm in. So I'm going with that. <laughs> I don't know I which like one's it. Romeo and which one's Juliet, but um, Aaron Rodgers is definitely uh, Juliet's dad. Stay away. Stay away from Juliet. Were you going to Google? Did you have something else in mind? Yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know that many Taylor Swift songs. The two that come to my mind, I like uh, December. It's a, just a great song. I don't, yeah. but it's like, I don't know if that parallels back to December. You know, in college, the couple times they played December, they probably didn't do that well because their season ended in November. Uh, I, I really like Red, but I don't know. I was yeah. trying to look up the lyrics, but those would be like, uh, I'm with you. Taylor's version? Yeah, I was going to go, uh, I was thinking party all the time, but that's Miley, you know, <laughs> or party in the USA. Party in the USA. Yeah. Well, I mean, red, first line of red, loving him is like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street. Didn't, uh, what did Devante say today? He's feeling uh, yeah, Ferrari-ish. Ferrari-ish. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. 
Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What did Derek say? If he, if he came to the Raiders, he'd buy him a car? Yeah. Is that what Devontae was referring to? That's what Devontae to? was referring to, yeah. Was, that, was he asked that question to Derek a couple years ago if he came as a free agent? Was that what they were? I don't know. Had All I saw was just that. I didn't watch whatever the whole context of it was. There are going to be some fun like uh, Instagram stories of Devontae, Kevin Na, and Derek playing a lot of golf this summer, I bet, in Vegas. <laughs> uh, next up, John, here's our three-star. This is from Dave Ochocinco. He says, three stars, volume. This is my favorite podcast of all time. But lately, I've been frustrated with the audio levels. The volume at which I can actually hear and understand Middlecoff hurts my ears when the guy talks. I found myself turning the volume up or down depending on who's talking. Not sure if it's because guy is talking closer to the mic than Middlecoff or what the deal is. I'll happily change this to a five-star review once this is addressed because you guys really are the best and bring a lot of joy to my life. So, a couple things. You do, you do any recon on this? Because whenever I've ever listened, it sounds pretty normal. You know, there are times where it's varied. We do something uh, in the post-editing that's supposed to make our levels the same. So, But there are definitely times where, especially like on the YouTube, where we don't, it's harder to preview the audio than on the podcast, where sometimes it can be a little off. Um, and there are spots where it's, you know, it doesn't always. So uh, I would always say this, if if there's something, especially with the audio or the video quality or something that you think sucks or should be better, just re- hit us up and we will try. We want to know if you're not having a good user experience, John, as people we like take to a say lot now. of pride in the details, the user a lot experience, of, a lot of pride. We're consumer friendly. We, I listen to it. I will listen to the podcast oh. all the time just to hear the sound of our voices. Um, oh, remember no, when I, Jim I, Carrey and Ace Ventura, he does the, the, he also does in, uh, uh, what's it called where they go to, um, uh, Dumb and Dumber, where he's like, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? This guy said, I've noticed it. I'm a little quieter than you. Today, John, uh, Max, I, I've noticed being a little higher. Uh, I, I do probably mess with my audio settings just randomly here and there. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've used different streaming softwares before. The last one we used was better in some ways than what we use now. Because you, use this, you use a little Zoom thing, don't you? You know, oh, that, no, no, no. What I, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is we used to use a different 
inter- like s- streaming software and that let us really like hone the levels in this one doesn't what's your like input level there. what's your input level right now mine's at 70 yeah i'm mm, can you tell yeah 63 so we're i mean we're in the same ball i was at 66 i just turned it up a little but sometimes you're louder sometimes you're quieter i think it you know it's uh guys closer to the mic sometimes yeah that's probably we have different microphones that's the other thing maybe we should get the same microphone i think we have pretty similar mics though right uh yeah this one it does like a lot grant yamasaki grant yamasaki gave me this one back at 957 whatever happened to grant yamasaki he's in sack got a kid doing well big gonzaga fan um but this is a good i mean yeah they look similar i don't know but they, they are not exactly the same so that can create an issue did yamasaki go to gonzaga question i don't remember that part but if he's inside uh you can update that radio uh down woes and Schefter getting 10 million a piece is that what they got 10 million a piece that's what the internet streets were saying did you see greg gumbel's quotes uh who's you mean the guy hbo guy no that's bryant greg tbs uh like cbs oh like when i watch football Yeah, Yeah. yeah 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 no i i didn't he just said, are they, so, are they brothers? Yeah. Gumble to gumble. You don't remember that whole thing? Uh, it was an old uh, family guy. Um, but he he basically said, like, nobody turns on a game for the broadcaster. You're talking about, like, these guys making, like, $17 million. He said, but I'll turn a game off because of the broadcaster. I thought it was a good line. <laughs> Very true. I think muting. Like, sometimes I'll just, like, last night I... Uh, I had the Warrior game muted on ESPN in my room and just had some like audio from the phone going, like podcast, like a podcast, yeah, yeah. But I'll say this: like when the Warrior Suns game in the fourth quarter, the last couple minutes got really good, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was kind of ready to go to bed. I mean, it was like nine o'clock. Sound like I'm seventy. I turned it up. I was like, I wanted to kind of embrace. Well, the game. it was you know who's actually it was a really it was Richard the best Jeff- NBA game. I've Richard seen Jefferson's year. entertaining. He was good, yeah. Well, because he was my, like talking shit about himself and like. Well, how my shit. barber yesterday said to me, he's like, "Isn't it bullshit that the Warriors lost that championship because of Draymond getting suspended?" So we were talking about it, and then last night, Pash says, "Did you hear this last night?" Yeah. Pash is like, you know, uh, what you don't you think it? Don't you hate it when people say you guys only won that championship because Draymond got suspended? And he's like, "No, because it's true." And I tell Draymond about it all the time. That was good. He must have taken a lot of heat from people in Cleveland because he tweeted again, like, "Guys, it did not hurt us that Draymond went away, <laughs> right?" <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, people get caught up in this winning the championship, like. You don't. Who cares how lucky? It doesn't matter if their best player got. Like I don't want to win it that way. You just you got the ring. Like that's all that matters. You got the ring. That one though was, I give him credit. Like you you do not win it because they he gets suspended, and obviously it cost game five. Remember, wasn't Draymond watching the parking lot with Bob Myers? Wasn't that the thing or something? No, Marshawn's at the A's game. Oh, that's in what the it was. booth <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, in the that's suite, what that's what it was. <laughs> right across. So then they go three two, and then they obviously get it's you get a home game. The place is nuts. They win that game, and then game seven. In fairness, game seven, Draymond had the greatest game of his career. He scored like thirty five points. Were you at that game? Yeah, I was. Yeah, girl, um, the time took me. Thank, nice. thank you, Kalen. It's fun. Um, great seats. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, 
underrated a lot of Cavs fans at the game. Like you could tell, like that you talk about the Eric Church moment. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of flew in for what they thought could be a magical moment, and it was worth it. Uh, well, I would imagine that would be if you're a Duke fan beating Carolina this week, or vice versa, kind of. Well, before but we had that rivalry saw, was so good. God, that was back when teams on, hated each other. I, I saw on Twitter that whatever are they playing? They must be playing in where the Saints play, right? The Superdome. Yeah, is that where the Final Four is. Yeah. Which is always gets a little weird, right? In the final four where there's that extra space and the coaches are below. I think it can throw off. Oh, yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's how they're doing it here. I would imagine. You know, when the guys are. I, I like it. I don't like it's it weird. when no one can hit a shot the first like yeah, five I minutes. Know. But they say every ticket's been accounted for 71-2 or whatever. I went to the final four in 2013 in um, Atlanta. Same deal. Like it was. It's a football stadium. Where know? the Falcons used to play or the yeah. new one? No, old one. Was it sweet the way they did that? I, I mean, I'm a, you're three. I was watching the game with binoculars. How high up were you? As high up as you could be. It's a football stadium. And it's a basketball court. Like it's did you a have, basketball did you, court. Did, a lot you have smaller. A, did they put you in a seat or they put you on like a desk? You know, like a media booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a media seat way up. Sucked though. I mean, in it was cool viewing. being there, but it was... Yeah, yeah but in like, terms of you couldn't... It was really high. I, I loved talking to Howie Schwab after the game and interviewing Dickie V. That was cool. Howie Schwab, you know, knew his shit. Howie Schwab, I used to love stuff to Schwab. Didn't Peyton Siva get Nance's tie? I was I was right there. Nance had his arm around his new wife. They were watching the one-shot I, I saw, I saw Big Cat cool. say that, and he's right. Can Jim do this? If Coach K wins it, give his tie to Coach K. Or is that like Coach K was not going to take his tie? Well, he only, he gives it as Peyton I know, Siva. I asked Peyton Siva about it, John. I was right there. I saw it happen. I was the only person that saw it. I feel like I broke the story that Jim Nance does this, but then Nance has said it other places. And I asked Peyton Siva, what's the deal? Peyton Siva had the Vineyard Vines like crumpled up in his locker. And he said that Nance says he gives it to like his favorite senior. I don't know if it has to be a senior, but like veteran player. What would What's his call going to be if Coach K wins it all? Okay. Well, uh, I, I actually just thinking of Nance because the Tiger thing. I don't think he's made it official yet. But the last the night, what do you think about the nineteen call, a return to glory? I thought mine won- was better. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't heard, think the return to glory. Mine. I don't think the return to glory really flowed that well. Yeah. But I think he was. He honestly, you're probably a little nervous going into. Like it's a big deal, right? I, I do think, like Tiger winning that nineteen Masters. For Jim, if Coach K wins this Final Four game, it would be in your head a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was calling that thing for Intel VR. I think 300 people saw it, and my heart was pounding out of my chest. Now, I'll say this for Jim in that moment. Tiger lined up a putt, you remember this, right before that and missed it. Because he had a tap in to win it, yeah. So you have you kind of build it up, and then he doesn't do it, so then you got to wait again. Because you're ready, but you're it. like... Two putt to win, you know? Yeah. And Jim, Jim never really, Jim never overdoes. I like, I shouldn't say never. I I think he's always airs on the side of just like, I'm I'm going to keep it simple. Did Tiger two putt win on yours? Yeah. If Tiger missed uh, probably a 10 footer or an eight footer or something. Because he was, he was up by a couple going into hole 18. Yeah. He was cruising. He was cruising. So. um, I still think that in the last. Decade plus that picture, sports picture, not not the 19 Masters, but the 18 Tour Championship 
where it just all hell broke loose. It happened a little with Phil at Kiowa, you know, when everyone was falling. Yeah, it I'd did. say Tiger was 4X that. And it yeah. was, and the when the far back where it's like coming from the clubhouse, and I swore, what do you think? 80 deep? I mean, 80 by 8. I mean, it was enormous. It's a wide people. fairway. <laughs> it's a long fairway. That visual is so sweet of Tiger walking back. Or walking down the fairway to win. I think what that one has that 19 doesn't is that Tiger had been gone. Yeah. Now, but he'd been coming had, back a little bit, right? Well, he'd almost yeah, he had to qualify already. for that event. I mean, so clearly he yeah. played well because he had to qualify for the FedEx Cup. But Even though he didn't win the $10 million, right? <laughs> no, that was the, the last year that he didn't. Uh, Justin Rose won the $10 million. Yeah, but he won the tournament. Earlier, earlier that round, Justin Rose had celebrated on that green. <laughs> $10 million. <laughs> so weird. They changed it after that. Every year, I have to remind. Them. I like the FedEx Cup, though. But do you think anyone gives a shit? The Tiger, the like. No, do you think anyone knows the Justin Rose won the money? Now, no, no. <laughs> At the time, no, no one even understood the rules. Uh, if Tiger plays, if if we get Tiger plays at the same time that we get Duke Carolina, I wish we get Duke Carolina. By the way, I just saw this stat. Someone texted me this because the. Uh, Stanford and UConn play in the women's final four on Friday night. So Tara Vanderveer, Gino Ariema, Gino Ari. Do you know how many games above five hundred Gino Ariema is? Not trying to be an asshole or anything. The guy's an incredible coach. It shouldn't be as easy. I saw he's been to the final four twenty two times in thirty seven years. Like that's what's Coach you, K got eight. Yeah, five champ. Uh, five championships for Coach K. Which is crazy. Yeah, but. it's a lot. Five's a lot. I mean, part of it... Tw- you- 22 and 37. I mean, that's... We're talking over fit every other year he's making the final it's four. ridiculous. Basically. UConn didn't lose a league game for the eight years they were in the AAC. But guess how many games over 500 Gene R.E.M. is? I guess Coach K's been to 13 Final Fours, so... That's pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, how long has he been coaching? 25 years? I mean, his first championship was 95, so I think like 89 maybe or 87, 88. I, I mean, on, uh, they play – do women play similar schedules? Yeah, guys they play 33 40? games plus a postseason. 30. 10, 60, 600, 900, I'd say 750 games over 500. Yeah, I mean 999 games over 500. <laughs> they go – because they were going 33 and 1 every year or some shit. Well, what would you guess – Coach K's record, he's pretty. He's up there too. How many games above five? Coach K, they're Coach they're K's? both in the top. They're near each other in wins, aren't they? Coach K's got one two zero two. What does Gino got? I don't know. I have to look. Coach K is eight thirty five over five hundred. Wow. <laughs> Do you know Coach K's record? It looks pretty incredible when you're just looking at it. One two zero two, and three hundred sixty seven. That's I mean that's outrageous. Guy, his tournament record. Now it does fact okay, never mind. It factors in the ACC tournament too. But just so ACC, NIT, NCAA, which to me is a little weird, but it's factoring it all in. Actually, never mind, never mind. His NCAA tournament record is 101 and 30. That's pretty fucking remarkable. That means you're winning three games, you know, three games a tournament. His ACC tournament record is 65 and 22. Kind of mails it in in the NITs, two and two. Yeah, Duke doesn't want to be in the NIT. I can't. When was the last time they were in the NIT? Like Wojo? Did they make Wojo play in the NIT one year? Yeah, it's probably been a while. Like, it, it feels yeah. like he he would add an NIT. Uh, Demarcus Nelson type team. They would <laughs> yeah. NIT bound. I mean, coach, that record is outrageous. Like, what's um, Calipari's record? 
I mean, can't even be. I'm, I was going to go to Izzo. Calipari. Yeah, I mean, Calipari 768 and 239. One thing is when you're really good in college basketball, you just win a lot, right? I bet if you go to Nick's, what's Nick Saban's college record? It's probably. Yeah, Calipari also was just, you know, four. Calipari took after he left UMass to coach the Nets, right? So he was out of college basketball for four years. And he went back to Memphis, started kicking ass, and then he went yeah. to Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, he's taken three teams to the Final Four. Now two of those got vacated, but it still happened. Like Memphis, I don't think the big, Memphis yeah. and UMass one counts anymore, right? Yeah. I uh, count them. Yeah, those two, those two are not counted, but the four with Kentucky count. Nothing like uh, vacating it. It's like, no, that happened. Reggie Bush's Heisman. People should talk about like divorces like that. Yeah, we just vacated our marriage. Didn't exist. No, you were married for ten years. You have two children. Like, no, <laughs> so no, it didn't, it did not happen. No, it's like I saw them. They lost in the final four to Kansas. I watched the game. Marlon uh, Chalmers. Like, I, we all just, it's like, oh, Chris Weber, the timeout, vacate. No, it, he called the timeout. Like, they were in the final four. Like, well, we, that's we, the. <laughs> I told you the other day in in the glow of Chris Rock and Will Smith. I watched the Norm McDonald SB, Norm McDonald's SB eight minute monologue. And he's like, Charles, you know, Charles Woodson's here. He had an incredible year. He won the Heisman. And Charles, nobody can take that away from you unless you kill your ex-wife and a waiter. You know, and the whole place <laughs> is like King Griffey Jr. is like, whoa, you know, this is OJ. This is prime OJ time. And he good loved job. a good OJ topic. Now, like to me, OK, like that is just if, if you want to say like someone murdered someone. But remember when they took away Reggie's Heisman it was like, guys. We all watched Rezzy. He was like the greatest college like, player we've ever seen. Like it happened. Like you can send me the box with the return label. I'm not send, I'm not pulling the Heisman out of my trophy room and sending it back. To Didn't they give it back to him? Did they? Or they just reinstated him the NCAA type deal? Yeah, I don't know if they gave it back to him. They just made it. Remember when he was still banned, but he was there with Fox and he hugged the USC running back in the back of the end zone? That was pretty cool. That's fucked up. It is. Like no one's taking away Fred Taylor. Like Fred is Fred Taylor. Anyone taking away his records? And at this point, they can't even. They got too many complaints piling up. The the voicemail is full at the. Uh, Honestly, it kind of bothers me as someone who just believes there's just rampant cheating at the highest level, especially in the South. You see, Penny Hardaway gets nailed. It's like I'm sure he's cheating, but you you just tell like how does Coach K or I mean Coach K too, but Calipari never gets in any trouble, but Memphis is always getting in trouble. Well, it's just about knowing you know knowing what you're doing. I guess Calipari did get in trouble in Memphis, but. Like, he why did. do they always just nail Memphis? See, that that's would be what, a Tark thing. Tark like, why are they said. just picking on Memphis? They're so mad. What was Tark's line? They're so mad at whoever it was that they took it out on Fullerton. Yeah, they're so mad at Kentucky, they they suspended Cleveland State. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. Greg Papa, fantastic conversation coming up on Sunday's podcast. We hope you'll uh, check that out. As always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, check out Buck Mason down there in the description. Great stuff. I'm wearing double Buck right now, T-shirt and hoodie. And uh, they have crew necks too, actually. They got a good-looking crew neck. Yeah. I've watched this this Buck Mason T-shirt. I've washed several times since I got it. The color looks good. The neck is strong. So I, big I, fan. When I got my set tea. of like four T-shirts, I just put them in the wash right away because it's going to happen. And just they don't shrink. They were the exact same. They fit perfectly. Very impressed. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.